0: Number 56. I am your host, Chris Omares. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. Welcome in. Welcome to the of February. We are moving closer and closer to the NHL trade deadline. We've got a jam packed episode for you today as well. We're we'll going to be taking a look at some of the trades that have already happened. We're going to also look at what all Canadian should be doing. The trade deadline, specifically adding up a certain player. I know. Think of the Montreal Canadiens as sellers at this point, but hey, man, there's nothing wrong with being a buyer as well. You can be a buyer and a seller at this time of year. ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? As always, if you are here listening to the podcast on the YouTube channel, thank you for doing so. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Turn the bell notification on so you always get notified when new episodes go live. If not, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. You can get the podcast. On Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you enjoy your podcast. If you head to Slapshot Podcast on Twitter, click the link tree. Every single place where you can find the podcast is there. Easiest way to do it. All right. So, we are going to look at two of the trades that have been made recently. NHL GMs don't wait till trade deadline. They don't wait that long. Trade deadline day, we're just all going to wake up and watch TSN for 10 hours and have three trades happen. Uh, and most of it be uh, future considerations or players to be named later. That's just how this goes, right? Like, if you've been watching the NBA and their trade deadline, like, or just trades in general, holy, like, they trade superstars left, right, and center. Everybody gets five second-round picks, and it's, that's it. Fun fact, I also learned, not too long ago, uh, the NBA has exactly two rounds in the draft, the first round and second round. And I was like, Wait, what? I thought there were multiple rounds. I was like, "Why don't they ever trade like a third round pick in basketball?" There is no third round in the NBA. I didn't know that. I went to bed yesterday a lot smarter than I was the day before. There are there are two rounds in the NBA. That's it. And some teams out here selling every single pick they have in the second round, which apparently second round picks are like ah, they're like fifth, sixth round picks in the NHL, I like guess, the equivalency. So uh, that was kind of fun. So. A couple of teams have got the ball rolling here. Uh, We're going to take a look at first, Bo Horvat. Live under a rock. Uh, Bo Horvat is now a New York Islander. He was traded there. The Islanders sent back uh, first-round pick, Anthony Beauvillier, and a young prospect. Kind of cool here. Again, we talked about the Vancouver Canucks situation and whatnot. Absolutely wild that they named Bo Horvat captain Barely makes it through a year. Now he's in Long Island. He got his deal, right? He got paid. Uh, You know, good for Bo Horvat. He he's cashing in on a career year. Now, how many times has a player had a career season in a contract year? That's not shocking to anybody. That just it is what it is, right? So Bo Horvat's going to go out here and make what? Eight, eight and a half million dollars, which is pretty pretty good pretty good he's gonna make it's an eight-year deal 68 million dollars all of it is salary that's it all of it is is salary at that point uh Lou Amarelo kind of <laughs> in his presser when he when he was talking about this deal that the quote was something like it's too long and it's for too much money um but again good for Bo Horvat for cashing in here I guess the Vancouver Canucks were not going to give him eight and a half million dollars. They have their own cap situation they got to worry about. They got kids that they got to sign, so might as well get something for him and just do what it is to do. Right, Horvat's got thirty three goals by the way on this season. He is shooting twenty one percent, which is phenomenal. Okay, his career average by the way is fourteen percent. So there is some regression that's going to come here. It just so happens that the positive. Regression here, I uh, was in a contract here, right? So cash is in good for him, good for his agent. But I don't think this contract is going to age pretty well, especially if he regresses back to the mean of what he is, right? Uh, I would say uh, 14% is pretty, it's pretty good here, right? He shot 16 the year before. He's, he's overperforming. And I think that's why. The Vancouver Canucks, Jimmy Ratherframe, were like, well, we're not gonna give him the money for that for one season. Fine, somebody else will. The Islanders are. It definitely improves the Islanders' chances at making the playoffs. It does. Uh New York is a really, really just not a great hockey team, if I can, if I can put that uh lightly. Right? The Islanders are decent. They need offensive help, okay? Let's be honest. They are 21st in the league in shots per game. So Bull Horvat comes in here. He's going to definitely make this team a little bit better. The Islanders as a team are ranked 25th in the NHL in goals per game. Okay. 25th. Not good, Bob. So the addition of Bull Horvat makes them a better team. For the Vancouver Canucks, Anthony Beauvillier and a pick and a young prospect. Good. You got something for it. Better better to get something than to get nothing. The Canucks are not going anywhere. This is a team that's going towards a rebuild. The Islanders have to compete in a crazy good metropolitan division. This gives them a chance. They've locked them up. It's all good news for the New York Islanders. Whether they cash it or not is up to them. But on the surface, it's a win-win deal for everybody. This wasn't going to be a rental for the Islanders, right? They were going to dish out some money they did their cap situation I feel is okay right it is it is what it is so yeah it's good I'm not I'm not worried about it I think it was I think it was fair for both sides uh it was a too ratty by the way going the other way uh young kid good prospect we'll see what happens if he turns into anything we'll see if Beauvillier does anything well for the Canucks but. No harm, no foul done here. The next one was the one that broke, what, two days ago? Yesterday? I don't know what it is. Today is Friday. Depending on what you're listening to, today is Friday. Um, I think it was on the Thursday. And it's Vladimir Tarasenko who ends up in New York for, I mean, I I don't know. What did they send over? They sent over Sammy Blay again, his second stint uh, in St. Louis. That's. That's, I guess, pretty pretty good. They also got a first round pick. Uh, there's some conditions to it, right? The latest of the first between the one that they have and Dallas's. I don't know. Anyways, it's a whole bunch of those things coming down. This is a great deal, but I I think the addition of Sammy Blay doesn't really change much here, right? I I really don't think it does. I think this is the New York Rangers understanding that they needed to add another goal scorer. And to make this deal work, St. Louis retained 50% of their salary. Uh, so Tarasenko could be in a blue shirt. And I'm going to be honest. I, I think this this is a great move. First of all, I, I think it was good for St. Louis that they were able to get something. Even if the return wasn't great for Tarasenko, May I remind you that St. Louis tried to give him away in the expansion draft to Seattle. Seattle's like, no, thanks, bud. So they got something for a player who's a pending UFA who it looked like he was not going to resign there. The New York Rangers, I said this on Twitter, man. They look like one of the deepest teams right now. Down the middle, they're they're really, really good. With the exception of the Edmonton Oilers, because it's hard to compete with. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisler on Ryan right, Nugent-Hopkins, Mika Zbigniewicz, Vincent Trocek, and Philip Hedel. That is a really, really good center core. Now you add Tarasenko to the mix, who can, who is expected to skate on the top line with Panarin and Zbigniewicz. That's great. Kreider and Krocek on the second line, and then the kid line with Hedel, Lafreniere, and Kako. Great. They're good defensively. We know that. With guys like Adam Fox, Jacob Truba, Nico Mikola also came over that deal. Good depth defender. That's fine. Igor Shosturkin, great goalie. Yaroslav halak well. This is a really good Rangers team that I think they can make a really good run here. Are they going to re-sign Tarasenko? I mean, I don't know, right? And if they don't, doesn't matter. How much is Tarasenko going to want? We'll see. For now... They're able to add a really good player to their lineup in hopes that they could win a Stanley Cup. They have pending UFA's coming up that they need to find some money for, right? Philip Heedle is one of them. Alexi Lafreniere needs a new deal. Um, Keandre Miller needs a little bit of money. So it it's not the Rangers are going to have their their cap situation. They're gonna they're they're gonna get better though because. This year, again, all these numbers currently at CatFriendly.com. by the way. Shout out to those beautiful people. They have about three and a half million dollars tied up in dead money. Uh, Tony D'Angelo money, that buyout money is still there. Remember Dan Girardi? They're still paying some money for that. And oh, by the way, the buyout of Kevin Shattenkirk as well. So there's some money that's going to be freed up there. But, I mean, if Tarasenko is looking for, I don't know, close to what he was making. Rangers might say, hey, you know what? Let him walk. And Terrasico is a really good player. He had 82 points last season, by the way. 34 goals, forty-eight assists. St. Louis is a bad hockey team, so that's going to happen. But he's a guy who can shoot the puck over 250 times a season. He's not on pace this year to get there. He did deal with some injuries. He's only got 10 goals on the year. He's shooting 9.5%, which is below his career, 12.7. So, there's some regression, some positive regression that's going to come here. And he's going to play on a really, really good team. Like Artemi Panarin is, I mean, he doesn't shoot the puck. So he's going to be able to feed it to Tarasenko because Abinijad can really move the puck around. And I think Tarasenko can slot in somewhere on the power play and really make this team even better than they are. This is a good scenario for Tarasenko. Because he's moving from a bad hockey team to a good hockey team where if he has a strong end of the year and a good playoffs, go out and get the money that he probably wants, right? What does it come from the New York Rangers? Unlikely. But he's going to a really good hockey team, and that's going to help. So both New York teams right out of the gate, try to pick up some talent, make themselves better. Pay the price now, which again, fair price for both both players. I don't, I don't hate the deals. I think everybody's a winner in it. Did, again, did St. Louis get much for Tarasenko? Some people say no, but I mean, a couple of years ago, you're willing to give him away for nothing. So, I guess you got something. Something's better than nothing, right? That's how I see it. So, those are the two trades. Obviously, they were. I have no problem with them. Kudos to both teams for getting that stuff done. All right, this is the second part here. This is the part I really want to focus on because there are still some players out there that need that are going to find new homes, right? Patrick Kane came out and, you know, they kind of asked him how he felt about the trade of Tarasenko and he basically said, well, you know, I'm not happy about it. It's, you know, he's going to a really good team, but if you read between the lines, he's like, damn it, that's probably where I wanted to go. And now the Rangers, the Rangers don't have money to get this deal done, so... It's not going to happen. So that's one suitor off the table for Patrick Kane. I don't see him sticking around in Chicago. They're just going to move him for something. And maybe the Rangers said, hey, we don't want to pay that price. We'll take Tarasenko instead. Be more than happy with it. Good for them. Now, the Montreal Kane should go out and acquire a player. It's not Patrick Kane, by the way, and it should never be Patrick Kane. But there's another player getting a ton of hype here that I think would look excellent in red, white, and blue. And his name is Timo Meyer. Now, if you have no idea who Timo Meyer is, that's fine. You probably don't watch a lot of West Coast games and the San Jose Sharks. I do. Right, I take open my iPad, fall asleep watching whatever the late game is. I see a good a good amount of West Coast games, and Timo Meyer is a guy that does a lot of things right. If you play NHL DFS. You know, a big fan of Timo Meyer because he's used to puck a ton. fantasy hockey as well. You know who he is. Timo Meyer, by the way, is 26. So he's in the prime of his career. The prime spot. Okay. And look, San Jose needs to move him. They need money. They're not gonna sign him. Okay. He is a pending RFA, so he's not a UFA. He's a restricted free agent, but he's owed a qualifying offer of $10 million. What does that mean? Let me break it down for you. So, it means that when he signed to see his cap hit, though spread out over time, is only six million dollars. But his salary this year is ten million dollars, and that's an important thing for an RFA because it means that when the team renders your qualifying offer, it has to be at least ten million dollars, which is what's going to happen for Timo Meyer. So Timo Meyer is going to get minimum ten million dollars. From somebody, right? Somebody's somebody's going to give it to him <laughs> because they have to because it's an RFA. Now, the Sharks are not going there because I mean they still have to pay Eric Carlson a boatload of money for four more years after this year. They can't seem to get rid of him. By the way, they still owe Mark Edouard Vlasic seven million dollars for three more seasons after this year. The Sharks are in terrible money problems, so they have to free up some money. Right? A lot of people are like, oh, maybe they move Logan Couture. Logan Couture is owed $8 million for another four seasons. The Sharks have terrible cap management. The Sharks are basically a 19-year-old kid who got his first credit card and the limit was $100,000 and he didn't, have to un- he didn't understand that he has to pay it back. The Sharks' cap situation is just, it's mind-boggling how bad it is. So, Meyer is probably their best asset that they can move, free up some money, and get on with the rebuild here. I think the Eric Carlson trade is not going to happen at the deadline. I think it's going to happen in the offseason, closures of the draft, free agency when teams have a little bit more money, they have some time, they can work some things around. Which is why I think the bunch of should act on Timo Meyer now, so you can avoid that. Okay. I'm going to throw out a fun stat for you. Okay. There is only one player in the NHL right now with more shots on goal this season than Timo Meyer. His name? David Pasternak. It's pretty good. Timo Meyer has 237 shots this season. Okay. I'm going to name the top 10 for you. Okay. Just out of, actually, you know what? Not even, I'm going to name the top. Well, it's the top 10 players with 200 or more shots this season. Okay. From descending up. So Austin Matthews, Tage Thompson, Nathan McKinnon, Roman Yossi. What a beast. Roman Yossi is by the way, Jason Robertson, Brady Kachuk, Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Jack Hughes. They all have 200 shots. Timo Meyer is second, and then David Pasternak first. If I told you today that you could go out and acquire any one of those players with 200 or more shots, you would say yes. Timo Meyer is an elite hockey player. It's just that he plays in San Jose, and nobody knows. Right? Timo Meyer is a great player. Great. And is he having a difficult season? I wouldn't say difficult. He's in San Jose, man. He had 76 points last season, which was his career high. He was one shy. He played 77 games. He's he's a guy who maybe took a little bit longer to blossom, if you want to put it that way. But he's a guy who can score 30-plus goals easily. And he takes a ton of shots, a ton. He's shooting 10% for his career, which is still pretty good. He's 26 years old. I don't know about you, but I think he would look pretty good on a top line with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. As much as Canadians have one elite shooter, and his name is Cole Caulfield. And we see how he could fill the net, right? When Cole Caulfield's not there, Nick Suzuki struggles a little bit. And that's fine. Look, Nick Suzuki plays a ton of hockey, all the important, you know, defensive face offs, offensive face offs, five on five, four on five, five on four. He plays all the time, Nick Suzuki. Give him some support. Okay? No offense, but it's not Josh Anderson and Rem Pitlick. Those aren't top line players. So I think I know, again, I know it's a ton of injuries, but. The Montreal Canadiens need to be sellers. I get that. And there are lots of contracts that they can move, okay? Lots of them. But the San Jose Sharks don't need players with money. They want picks and prospects. Perfect. Montreal has the room to fit him under the cap this season, okay? They can get to his qualifying offer if they want. And they have the prospects. Okay? Listen listen carefully. I'm not saying you mortgage the whole Look If San Jose says, hey, I want Nick Suzuki or Cole Caulfield or Caden Gouley, we can just hang up the phone and move on. That's fine. But I don't think there's a ton of teams that are going to come calling for Timo Meyer, especially now that the Rangers are out of it. I thought the Rangers could be a good suitor for him. It's probably not going to happen now, right? I don't see a team like Boston getting him because Boston doesn't have the prospects to get there, right? They also don't have... They're they're not going to take on all that money as well for next season. They just don't have it. Carolina, another one. Carolina, same thing. Maybe they have the young players there. Their pick, okay, sure. But are they going to re-sign him? They don't have the money for the qualifying offer. So the the qualifying offer is the point that has to stick here. Because you can get it done. A lot of teams are not going to pay a high price for a rental. Right? And even if they do... Tender an offer to Timo Meyer, like they're not going to let him walk to free agency. They'll just trade his rights or something. So Montreal has the money to do it. Okay, they could acquire him now. By the time you get to the cap, right by the deadline, they currently have the cap space that they have is five point two million dollars. Timo Meyer is making six million dollars this year. By the time you get to the deadline, you can fit him under there. No problems there. Montreal's going to liquidate some salary as well. No problem there. Are we still following here? We're still good. Good. Here's the thing. They need a first-round pick. Good news. Montreal has two of them, right? I'm not saying you trade Montreal's pick, but I would have no problem saying, hey, I have an extra pick here, the Florida Panthers pick. It's unprotected. I am willing to let that go. I would. For Timo Meyer. I would let that unprotected pick, that extra pick that I got in the Ben Chirot deal go. I would. I would. 100% I would let it go. Look, Florida is still a team that could potentially make the playoffs. So maybe the pick is not great. But if you're trading Timo Meyer to a contender today, that pick's going to be outside the top 20 anyways. It may be outside the top 25. So you're not going to get a great first-round pick anyways. Montreal's got the best pick of any team that can acquire him right now. Because the terrible teams are not going out to acquire him, right? That they're not giving up that asset. And if they are, they're going to try to protect it, right? So that's not going to happen. You can move Florida's pick and say, "Here." that to me holds a lot of weight. It's a, it could be a middle range pick and it's got good value. It's unprotected. That's part one, two. They need a young player. Montreal has a ton of young defensemen. Now, I'm not saying players like Justin Barron, Jordan Harris, or Arbor Jacki are going to interest them. And that's fine. Those are not guys on the same level. Again, I'm not trading Caden Gooley. Stop it. I don't think they bite on players like Jesse Yolennan, right? I don't think they do. I would like San Jose to take back some money, maybe to help this work. Like if getting the Don off. That's probably not going to happen. They're not going to take Christian Dvorak. I wish they did. And they're not going to take any of the, like, the Jonathan Drouin's. There's just, there's nothing there that interests them. They want a young player. I don't want to give up Uri Slavkovsky just now, right? Now, if they want a first-round pick, Florida's first-round pick, and just Uri Slavkovsky, maybe I go back to management and talk about it for a second. But from what I understand, They want two prospects. Perfect. So I'll give you the pick. And the prospects I would look at moving then, I would have no problem moving someone like Joshua, Owen Beck, even Philip Mesar. If you're talking about Philip Mesar, though, you're not getting more than that, buddy. Maybe I'll throw in a later pick or something, and that's all you're going to get. But Owen Beck, and you know what? I'll even throw in Logan Meyer in that conversation as well. If they want another, you know, puck moving defense. But Logan Meyer has the offensive upside. His defensive game apparently still needs work. He's 19 years old. We know everything that's happened off ice to him. But on the ice, he is a player who can play. Okay. Leave it at that. So Montreal has prospects that they can dangle here. Right. Right. Matthias Norlander as well, another young defenseman. There are pieces that we can move. And for a top, like, it's not every day you can go out and acquire a top-notch player who shoots the puck and can score goals, okay? Timo Meyer this season has 13 power play goals. 13! I don't even know if the Montreal Canadiens have 13 power play goals all year. Not that they probably do. But Montreal's power play is terrible. You're telling me adding Timo Meyer doesn't make that better as well? You're telling Timo Meyer 6'1", 220. He's a big body. Cole Caulfield, we know. He's a little bit smaller. He's not the same. But that's fine. Cole Caulfield makes it work. But we all know that teams love big players that can play. Timo Meyer is a big player who can shoot the puck. So of course I want to be in on this because I have the pieces to make it work and I can get it done. And look, maybe San Jose can, can do me a solid here, right? Depending on the prospects they want say, Hey, maybe I'll let you get in on an extra prospect here, or maybe, you know, I don't know. All this to say, I would enjoy greatly if they could take Carey Price's contract, <laughs> right? Carey Price is not going to play hockey ever again. This is $10.5 million for the next three seasons. He sold his house in Montreal here. He's not coming back, okay? So we know that. So in a in an ideal world, it would be great if we could move on from that contract in the way that Montreal took Evgeny Dodonov from Vegas so that they could take Shea Weber's contract and stash it on IR. Shea Weber's not going to play hockey again either, right? Would San Jose do me a solid here? Sure, depending on what you want. But I would like them to be able to take Carey Price's contract in some way, man. If you want two prospects, you're taking that contract with you, buddy. You're you're taking it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Get on the phone. If I'm Kent Hughes, listen, I I get it, but you let Mike Greer know you're taking that contract, buddy. You have to. Do me a solid here. Do me a solid. San, San Jose, by the way, they don't even they, they don't have any great young goalies. Like Capo Kakanin is like okay. Maybe we dangle Kaden Primo there. I'm just I'm just talking out loud here. I'm just talking out loud, right? Like they say in French, "All jobs." All this to say, Montreal has pieces, and they have a pick where they can get something. I believe that the Montreal Canadians can move a veteran defenseman or some sort or sell a player and easily get a first round pick back. It's probably going to be higher than Florida's pick. It doesn't matter. The draft is deep. Okay, it doesn't matter. I do believe that Montreal has the equity that they need to go out and acquire Timo Meyer. I know that they're rebuilding, but you have an opportunity. If I told you from all the players I named before with 200 shots or more this season up till now, if I said you could add any of those players, in a heartbeat, you would say yes. So why isn't Timo Meyer part of that conversation? There's no reason for it. There's no reason. It's because he plays in San Jose and nobody knows who he is. If I told you tomorrow, you could acquire Jason Robertson, you would say yes. Or Jack Hughes or Brady Kachuk or Tage Thompson. You would all say yes. Timo Meyer is available. He shoots the puck. He can make your power play better. He's a player that you can keep for a minute. Maybe you give him a nine million dollar contract for I don't know six seven years, you can afford it. I would have no problem with that. Montreal's got a couple of young players where they seem to be okay. I know they need to find money for Cole Caulfield. I understand, but they got a lot of other RFAs and UFAs that they don't have to worry about. Their defense is is good for a couple more years, right? Like they don't have to worry about anything this year. Maybe next year. Okay. They have some money. They can go out and do what they need to do. Are we on the same page here? That's what I would like as an early birthday present. Timo Meyer in a Habs jersey. That'd be kind of pretty cool, though. And again, you cannot let this go to the draft. You cannot let this go to the offseason. I don't think San Jose wants to hold on to him past. Right? Because then you're not going to get as much. But I don't want to let other teams have the time to decide what they want to do. You know what I mean? I don't want teams like Toronto to be able to move money or whatnot and then try to bring in another player or Tampa Bay or Pittsburgh or Edmonton. Or like, I don't, all these teams that are strapped for cash right now who don't have the money to pay the qualifying offer for him. I don't want those teams to have an opportunity to be bidders in the offseason. I don't. I don't want them to. I don't want those teams to have an opportunity. The Montreal Canadiens have a legitimate opportunity right now to add a top scorer to their team. I know we're talking about teams in the hunt to win a Stanley Cup, adding him, right? Adding Timo Meyer. I get that. But I think the Montreal Canadiens can make a splash here. They have the best group of prospects, and they have an extra pick that they can move. And the fact that it's that it's Florida's unprotected pick definitely adds value. The Florida Panthers are not a, assured to make the playoffs here by any means, so that's a much better pick than any other any other team out there that you're going to get if you're trading with you know Toronto or if you're trading with Boston or if you're trading with, I don't know, Tampa Bay, Edmonton, Carolina, Pittsburgh, like these teams, again, even if they don't want to acquire them, like you're not going to get a great pick because these teams are expected to go deep into the playoffs. I'll even throw Minnesota in there. Minnesota has no money, by the way. It doesn't matter. But there are a ton of teams here that could probably use The $10 million qualifying offer is the big problem here. Because teams are not going to buy a rental, pay a high price, and then be unable to keep him. And they're not going to trade his rights because you're not going to get anything. So Kent Hughes, I know you're not listening. But if by six degrees of separation this gets to you, Timo Meyer would look really good in a Habs uniform. I would be happy with it. You should be too. And that is the podcast for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, thank you. If you are not following Slapshot Podcast on the YouTube, make sure you do so. YouTube.com slash SlapshotPod. Hit the sub button, ring the bell. Okay, go ahead and do that. Drop a like here as well. Uh, On the Stitcher, the Spotify, the Apple Podcasts, the Podbean, make sure you go over. Drop a like there, subscribe there if that's where you get your podcasts. Of course, on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. Go ahead and get the channel. Follow over there. Follow me on Twitter at Fezzikris91. I appreciate you all listening. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. We will talk to each other again soon.